0: And the world hates them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I am not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so that they can be made holy by your truth. I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I'm going to preach this morning from a title, I am not of this world. Now, I thought about that title for a minute or two. And I thought about putting we are not of this world. But here's the thing. I don't know every person's heart in this room. I know my own. And I pray, I know that God sees my heart, and he sees each and every heart in here. So the ideal title would be, we are not of this world, but you have your relationship with God. He, has, he knows your heart. And so if you are not saved, you need to be saved, because if you're not saved, you are of this world. And God, none of the brothers and sisters in Christ, in God, this is simply a passing through of our future home. In the opening verse, in John 17, 14, it says, I have given them your word, and the world hates them, because they do not belong to the world. In this opening verse, Christ is talking to his Father. He's, this is a prayer that Jesus is actually praying in the midst of. And for those um, Abundant Life University students, you will already know that pastor teaches that what I just read out of is out of the Lord's Prayer. The Our Father that we get is when the disciples ask God, how do we pray? And he says, use this form of prayer. So just any, any university students, can you tell me what the first words are? I'm looking at charity because I know she can blurt them out. What the first words are of the Lord's prayer? Father, the hour has come. So if you want to actually look at Jesus praying to the Father, you want to look at um, chapter 17, starting in verse 1. But he's in the midst of this prayer, and he says, and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world. And you have to understand that our home, we have a dual citizenship. Our home is when we pass from this life to the next, and we are in the kingdom. There was a poem that I read that when I was looking through these poems that I I looked at, and one of them was um, in the, in the line that said, "And don't be sad for me because I did not die." And it was talking about it's like I'm not dying. We as Christians, we only have the passing from this life to our life in our eternal kingdom. Those that are not saved are going to pass, and then they are going to have a second death where they will be thrown into the eternal flames. So this is not our world. We are just a dual citizenship in this world. But the people of this world, they hate us. It's clear in verse 14 where it says, the world hates them because they do not belong to the world. Do you realize that we are discriminated? And I know that you've heard this. We're discriminated more than any other group as Christians. We're discriminated on TV. We're discriminated on radio. Um, I know there might be a bunch of people in here excited because the Jags just signed Tim Tebow as tight end. And then there's pictures. Have you seen the pictures on Facebook now? They show him catching the football like this, and his arm's about that big, and they're like, whoa, look at the guns on that guy. And, and then there's just a ton of, oh, well, you know, he, he hadn't been this, and, 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 and uh, with, with a form like that, he's going to drop 25-plus passes. I mean, they started bashing in on the guy immediately, okay? Now, pastor's opinion and mine, they differ on Tim Tebow. Um, he thinks he's just playing garbage, never deserved a chance in the NFL, and uh, horrible throw, not a good quarterback, and all of that stuff. And I have a tendency to agree with those statements that he didn't have good form. He kind of has a form like Brian, Byron Leftwich. He'd keep his arm way out there, ball getting knocked out too easy, wasn't accurate all the time. But here's what Tim Tebow did. The only thing that i got to say for the guy is he won. He just won wherever he went. So for that reason, how do you not give the guy a shot? But everywhere he went. He was hated. He was focus of the news. He was dogged upon. And the biggest reason is because he, be, he would pray in the end zone. He'd wear scripture on his face. That's why Tim Tebow wasn't liked. It wasn't that he wasn't liked because he was not that good of a quarterback because weren't, they weren't writing about those things. They were writing about him as a person, as a Christian, and how, oh, he did these things, right? But, dude, have you seen some... Like, I, I pretty much have quit watching... NFL for the most part. And it started with um who was that dude for the Jets, Wayne? Um, long hair Gastineau. Mark Gastineau. Dude, started with him. He'd make a sack, he'd get up, he'd dance around, do all kinds of crazy stuff. And I'm I'm a Vince Lombardi age guy. And it is if you get if you get to the end zone, act like you've been there before. Give the referee the ball back and go do your job. You're getting paid millions of dollars. You know, I mean, I mean, Jerry Rice hiding a Sharpie on the goal, you know, so he could, I mean, you know, when he scored, I don't know, he'd sign the football, whatever. I mean, the, Billy White, Suse, Johnson, you know, doing the, you know, in the, in the end zone back when the Houston Oilers were not the Texans. I mean, all this craziness, and yet Tim Tebow would go kneel down, and that's the guy that they picked on. I mean, there's lewd and Lascivious just, I mean, like in your face, and nothing. That's all good. That's all good. Oh, um, get, now Michael Vick, the dude could run, scramble, but he he wasn't really a good person. And they're like, oh, you need to give him a second chance. Oh, you need to give him a second chance. Well, you know, and, and that's the way we go down. We have tons of players in, you know, in in all sports, and they're just people, and they're of this world. So why do you expect them to act any different? But the point is, these people that are being showered you know, oh, but he's great. Oh, but he can hit the ball. Oh, he can, oh, did you see that catch? All those guys are lifted up, but they're not willing to give somebody that actually wins games a second chance because they dog him because he's a Christian. Politics is just as bad. Christians are hammered in politics. Teachers, and this is something that jumped out to me this week, and this is just just proof text that the world hates Christians. Did anybody in here see that a Virginia teacher was put on leave? He was suspended from his job? This Virginia teacher was suspended from his job. He's been dogged on 60 minutes. Um, Don't know what's going to happen to him, but here is what he says. It's not my intention to hurt anyone, but there are certain truths that we must face when ready. We condemn school policies that would damage children, defile the holy image of God. I love all of my students, but I will never lie to them regardless of the consequences. I am a teacher, but I serve God first and will not affirm that a biological boy can be a girl and vice versa. Because it's against my religion, it's lying to a child, it's abuse to a child, and it is sinning against our God. And that is what he got suspended for. Right? That is what that man got suspended for. Not he's a and and get this he's an elementary dude. It ain't a high school that an 18 year old thinks they want to go both ways or one way or the other. This is elementary. And he's like, I'm not gonna be forced to go against my religion and against my God telling some made up whack that, oh. Johnny, you want to be Julie? Okay, uh, that's that's fine. No, it's not fine. It is not right. I, I saw a little meme, and I only get... If, listen, if you guys put something on Facebook and I don't hit the like button, it's because I only get on there once every two months. But my son put something on there, and it was a motorcycle dude, and he's about a mile and a half in front of a bunch of bicycle riders, and it says... New bicycle records being set daily as motorcyclists um, relates as being a bicyclist. Right? I mean, that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing with these kids these days. It's crazy. They are too young. There's a reason why you tell your children what to do. It's because they haven't formed proper. Not that they haven't formed their own opinions, but they haven't formed proper opinions opinions right Elliot you got to listen to your mom and dad hey you got to know if you come with me speaking mama grandma always says please don't bring our family into this and I told the story about Andrew when he was sitting right here in the back about running out the door because I was getting ready to whoop him him laying on his back ah right so they have not formed their proper opinion we know that to be true This man stood up simply, and he is being harassed for that because it goes against his religion and against his God. We are hated as Christians. In Proverbs 29, 27, the end of it, simply says, straight up, the wicked despise the godly. The wicked despise the godly. They hate us. They hate anything that we're out there to do, anything that we're out there to accomplish, and they don't. It's so funny. They think that we are trying to put stuff on them. That, that we're trying to make them conform to our way. Well, God's already told us to go out and have dominion in the earth. So we are supposed to be pushing that message through. But let me tell you, they're pushing back. And we need to be the ones that are pushing back. We have the strongest group of any group anywhere. If we could come together as brothers and sisters in Christ... And move our agenda forward. We could move God's agenda. But the question is, are we? Are we doing what we're supposed to be doing? In verse 15, it says, I am not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. So Jesus is praying to God, and he already knows. He already knows that we're hated. We're going to be hated. We're going to be persecuted. We're going to have horrible stuff come against us. But he's not saying... Oh, let's just make it all okay. Let's just take them out of the world. Let's just bring them to our kingdom now. That's not the way God set it up. God set it up for us to go through this life, to go through these trials, to go through these tribulations that we have, to go through these tests, which become our testimonies. And here's the thing. It says, but to keep them safe from the evil one. And Christ says in his prayer that he hasn't lost one, not one, except for Judas. But it's only to keep them safe for the evil one. It doesn't say keep them safe. Because as I sit here and talk about this and go to keep them safe, people are like, well, I had someone broken my house last week. Well, my sister got killed. Well, my brother committed suicide, right? Things are going to happen. Bad things are going to happen because there's bad people in the world. There are people that are not Christians in the world that are driven by their own lust, their own desire, their own evil heart, their own evil intentions, and they got no check. I mean, the, the Bible clearly says that most of the things that we do, most of the things that we sin from, are not from the devil. The devil didn't put that stuff into us. We're doing it out of our own evil desires of our heart. Right? So, if we, as Christians, have our own evil desires in our own heart, don't you think unsafe folk have it? And maybe a tad worse? And here's the thing. When we have those evil desires, we get to listen to the Holy Spirit or we don't listen to the Holy Spirit. And a lot of times, it's the don't listen to the Holy Spirit. A lot of times, we get tripped up by whatever we our evil, lustful heart desires to do. And we get into a situation and we get tripped and we fall into that situation. So we don't always listen to the Holy Spirit that is inside of us. But what happens is once we do it, if you are saved, that Holy Spirit is going to go, Bro, you didn't listen to me, but guess what? You were wrong. You did wrong and you need to make it right now. You need to repent. You need to apologize. You need to make it right with God. You need to make it right with whoever you did the damage to. And we have a check in there to make it right or to repent. And God has given us a lane to make it right with him. He's already paid for our sins. And here's the sad, the sad reality That breaks my heart more than anything else is Jesus died on the cross for all the sins that happened, but all the sins that are going to. And what hurts me the most is when I trip and fall and I realize what I've done, each and every Christian should identify you know what I just did? I just added another nail on that cross. I just made his burden heavier. I made more weight on there because he carried the sins of the entire world, and I just added another one. And that is what should help us as Christians continue to do the right thing, continue to change our world. But if we could just all get on the same page, we could change our world. So... Obviously, things happen. We are not kept safe in this world, but we are kept, is we are kept safe from the evil one. In other words, we can be captured, tortured, and killed, some of our servicemen, but when that's happening, if they're saved, he's being kept from the evil one. He is being kept from the evil one, and he knows that when that torture happens, he passes that life, and he goes and is with Jesus and is in the kingdom of heaven. He is in his true home at that point. So, he keeps, he's asking to keep us safe from the evil one. Do you realize, and this is my question of the the sermon, is you do realize that earth is not your home, right? I mean, this is not our permanent home. and We need to quit worrying about so much of what's going in it, of what we're doing, of making this our home, and focus on more godly things that we need to be doing and, um, and what he's asked us to do. But in the verses, aside from, now everybody's heard songs, sayings. You know, we've heard of, man, you know, when we die, there's going to be mansions on the hill, we're going to have streets paved with gold. I mean, there's whether that's what it's going to be exactly or not, um, I'll find out when I get there. But aside from all the, the songs of saying we're going to have this mansion on the hill, why should we believe that earth is not our home? I mean, maybe we're, we're told this. Um, if we go to our next verse, John 17, 16, he tells you right here, when he's praying to his father, he says, they do not belong to this world any more than I do. So here's the thing. If we don't belong to this world, what does that make us? Aliens. We're aliens. Do you look like an alien? Right? We should look like aliens. In, um, We should look different. We should act different, we should do things different, we should have people going, why are you doing that, right, Um, in the 70s, and I'm not going to go through the whole counterculture that pastor goes through uh, when he does it, the goth and all this stuff, but I am going to touch on the disco era, okay, Um, that was the first time I ever looked like an alien, I wanted to stand out, Um, I was counterculture. Saturday Night Fever. That that was me. I figured I was John Travolta only blonde. I mean, I stood in front of the mirror and you know, combed. my hair was down on my shoulders. I had now. Pastor always says we're five nine and a half, right? No, I was six foot because I had pumps. I had two two inches in the front and three inches on the back. I was six foot. Bell polyester bell bottoms. You know, covered that up. Uh, polyester shirt, um, flowers on it. Would always unbutton it to about there. This, this is the funniest thing. I had a, you know, you got to wear gold chain. You got to have something hanging, right? Because you got no hair at sixteen, seventeen, right? right, Mr. C? You got to have, you got to have something, right? So I don't know what it was made out of, but to make it feel real, I think it was lead. But it was not gold-plated, I'll say that. It may have been spray-painted gold, because it started chipping. I get gold, I'm a green on, you know. But I had about that big around, I had a lion with a mane, big mane that made the, you know, lion head. That's why, man, I'd go to them discos and everything. And I went off to college, and I wore that to my first interview. So I'm thinking, well, i gotta get, I got to get sharp-looking as I can, right? Dude, I'm ready, right? So, I I mean, I'm thinking counterculture. Well, here's the thing. Here's the difference. I grew up in Gulf Breeze, Florida, which is right outside of Pensacola, which is a real town, right? It's got some people there. It's got a Navy base there. It's got a bunch of stuff going on. Had plenty of discos for us. There's plenty of stuff going on. I went to school in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. And Hattiesburg, Mississippi is a far cry from Pensacola, Florida even today, right, Joyce? Oh. It's a far cry. Mississippi's a far cry. So, I, you know what I found out? I was an alien. I was the only one walking through the mall with a, you know, I'm like buttoning my shirt up a little bit, hiding that, you know, fake medallion on my chest. I went into a men's clothing store though and I got the job. They liked my interview and they were like, "Now we got to get you some real clothes, boy." You know, I was wearing khakis and button-down shirts, and, but I looked like an alien, and I was doing things to stand out, and that's what we need to be doing is, the, the point of that is, we need to be standing out. Um, I brag on our food and clothing, and it is phenomenal. It is phenomenal, but guess what we are? We are humans. And when we get in the middle of handing out 500 or 600 boxes, every once in a while, we we get at each other. And we have to stop and we have to think about what's going on and why we're here and serving God. Because what we need to be doing as we're handing those boxes out is we need to be showing something different. And you know what? We do. We really do. We might have a little bit of this on the inside, but we show. John's got so many... There's people, Wilbert knows people when they pull up. Um, Tasha, all the people on the, 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 you know, tables out there. Rick, Charity, when she comes in, like, they know these people. They know these people. They come through. They have conversations with them. It isn't just handing them a box and go on. Sometimes it's like, hey, 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 the line, look, the line's out here. Quit talking to that. Get that car going, right? And it's because we are. Yeah, see, Wilbert, Wilbert and Charity, they're the ones yelling at us, right? Rick, I'm sorry for you when you get home, man. I, Rick's just trying to hand out boxes as best he can. John's holding the line up, talking to people. But we have established these relationships with people, and we are showing ourselves different to these people when they come through. And that's what we're there. And we pray every Saturday morning before we start this that we show salt and light when we're handing these boxes out, and that maybe, just at least one. Every Saturday, I would like to think that at least one person that comes through sees a difference between the things that we're doing and will get saved. Because that's what we're here for, is we want salvation. We want more people to be hated, right? We want more people to be hated. We want more people to go to kingdom with us. So we need to be doing things that are different than normalcy, okay? In First John 2.16, it says, For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, pride in our achievements and possessions, and then it says, These are not from the Father, but from this world. I will go out, I'm, I'm going to say I'm not even going to go out on a limb. I'm just going to say it's true that every man is a dog every man's a dog told my 14 year old granddaughter that she's just getting into liking boys I hope just but just liking them right and I told her I was like Heidi when I was your age there's only one thing on my mind 14 15 16, 17 starts at 14 physical pleasures all men are dogs, but guess what? There's some dog women out there too, right? As human beings, it's what we are. Uh, we are to, we mate as human beings. We have physical desires between the sexes. You see someone attractive and it's like, mmm, all right. Well, let me go talk to her, right? I mean, I'd sit there for an hour at a disco, coming up with the best line that I could think of, and it usually worked, and I was a dog. Fortunately, I wasn't saved then, or I met, well, no, it wasn't fortunate. I guess if I'd been saved, I wouldn't have been, I don't know. I I don't know. Men are dogs. I'm just telling you. You got this going on, but we talked earlier about having the Holy Spirit inside of you that can check that balance, right? Pastor's in the middle of talking about, um, (coughs) on Wednesday night, He did a series on controlling your mind. Controlling your thoughts. And we can control these thoughts. And that's where we stop these things that we have this list for. This craving for physical pleasure. You might see something. Your mind might start to go there. And you have two choices. You can let your mind control you and move on. Or you can stop. And you can control your mind. And as a Christian, we need to be in that position to stop that. Now... I ha- it is no secret. I have told you from the pulpit before, and if this is your first time hearing me, then I'm human, and I did it. But I used to have a temper when I was young. <laughs> Say it ain't so, right? Hey, if I don't feed the new man, you, you might see it every once in a while, right? But I have had a temper to the point where I actually... my. My first wife, I threw a cheeseburger across the room and splattered it on the wall because she didn't have mustard on the bottom, then the meat, then the um, onion, and then the lettuce, and then the tomato that goes up against the ketchup on the top bun with the two pickles before you lay it on. It's got to be that way. She knew it, right? She knew it. So why was she surprised? when well, I threw that hamburger across the wall, right? Um uh, Wait, let, me, let me just say this, Saturday in food and clothing, we had somebody that um, I'm like, no, you got to do it this way, and they were like, why do you got to do it like that? And Cedric jumped up, because he knows me, and he said, CDO disease, and you go, what? What's CDO? Well, that's OCD, but you have to put the letters in the right order, right? Come on now. It was so bad, it was so bad for me, and I don't know how I got on this, but it was so bad for me that I could tell you at 3 o'clock in the morning with the lights off what outfit I was putting on with 32 pieces of clothes hanging in my closet, because there was an inch and a half gap between everything, Um, and I really don't know how, aside from, oh, we were talking about physical pleasures and craving for everything we see, we'll get back on that, Um, so... Anyway, the point was, I was a dog. Men are dogs. We have these thoughts in our mind. That's what it was, the anger. Thank you, Lord, for putting this back in my mind, slinging that hamburger. Because here's the thing. When I had anger issues, still do, when the new man is stronger than the old man and I start to get upset at something, I can stem that tide and I can slow that down. Because let me tell you what happens when you have um, an issue and it doesn't have to just be anger. It can be anything that, you're, that, is, that you have an issue with is a feeling builds on top of a feeling, it builds on top of a feeling, it builds on top of a feeling, and it just continues to get worse. When I would get angry, there was nothing that could be said. I had to separate myself from that situation for it to calm down, and then I went, wow, did I look stupid, right? So um, we, have, we have our own cravings inside ourselves. We have a craving for everything that we see. I mean, there's a reason in the top ten, the top ten things that we don't do in the Ten Commandments, there's a reason that says thou shalt not covet. Because we really like everything we see. I mean, I've got a 19-foot boat, center console. You guys heard the story. I almost killed my son last week. But but still, Wilbert would like to have that boat, wouldn't you? Well, guess what? I saw a 34-foot boat with... Trip 300's on the back. I'd like to have that boat. Um, We have a craving for everything we see, and we need to stem that craving, right? We do not need to allow the person that is in the world to control ourselves. We do not need to let our old man control ourselves. We have pride in our achievements and in our possessions. That is natural, Pastors mentioned it before. I mean, I just believe it or not, Wayne, I've made it a whole year. Has it been a whole year that I hadn't played softball? Yeah, doesn't seem like it. Anyway, it's been a whole year that I hadn't played softball. I'm 60, that means that I played sports for 55 years, figured it out I started at four. Okay, in sports, every coach, including me tells you that you got to have pride that you don't no matter how bad you're getting whipped out there you got to stand up and you got to have pride athletes are driven to have pride but guess what God hates pride God hates pride he wants humbleness and when I started learning that and you know i get we'd get stomped out in softball or close game didn't matter I'd be like man you guys played a really good game I have teammates like, what are you congratulating them for, man? What's wrong with you? Right? Athletes don't like, I mean, pride is what we're driven in. We're driven in pride for the houses that we own, the property that we have, um, animals that we own, you know. There's people that have pride in their pit bulls. I have pride in my German Shepherd. I have, I mean, she's a really pretty dog. my, My wife trained her, otherwise she'd be more spoiled than what she is. But we have pride in our achievements and our possessions. The things that we own. I'll be honest with you. When I first, when Will and I redid the boat, which he did more than me, I'll give him props. um, It looked good. I came up with my own design for decal. We re-decaled it. We repainted it. We ordered T-tops. We did all kinds of stuff to my boat. And I'm at a gas station and some little kid... that i got a 2002 right because i couldn't afford a 2021 but when he hey dad look at that it made me go yeah. look at that i did it we did good job on that boat right at the time will wasn't with me i did a good job on that boat right because i took all the yeah i redid it It took you know six months whatever (laughs) so here's the thing is we do this we have physical pleasure craving for physical pleasures Craving for everything that we see. Uh, Another thing that you can tell we have a craving for everything we see is, you know, when you have an extra 40 pounds. Pride in our achievements and our possessions. But here's the thing. These aren't from the Father. All of these things that we just covered, whether they were funny, whether they were true, whether they were sad, glad, happy, they're not from the Father. These are all things that are from this world. Now... Doesn't mean that you can't have those, but what we need to understand is that everything that we do needs to glorify the Father, right? Everything we need that we do needs to glorify the Father. Going into debt, into mega debt, is not glorifying the Father. Um, When, or let's just say, stretching way out beyond your means, and I know pastors throwing the number out, and I don't know it exactly, but it's like something like the average American is living like 116% or 140%. They're living beyond what they make, right? That is not glorifying the Father. Going into debt to buy Christmas presents for kids, that is not glorifying the Father, but if you work hard, God's laid out a plan for you. Rick's got a job coming up that God knows. He's Asking for open doors and closed doors. He's had some of them closed. He's waiting for the right one from God. Okay? And God is going to lay out a job that is going to provide for him and his family. And as long as he's not stupid with that, and he continues to invest in the kingdom, and he does the right things, then he can be successful with that. Right? He can be successful. And God has no problem with success. He just doesn't want to go out and act all stupid and crazy and get tied up with the pleasures of the world because these are not from the Father, but they are from the world. In 1 Corinthians 7.31, says, Those who use the things of the world should not become attached to them. For this world, as we know, it will soon pass away. Well, how's that for global warming? Um, let's cover the Those who use things of the world should not become attached to them. It just goes goes right on top of what I just was talking about is there's nothing wrong for us that use these things. And notice it says, it doesn't say those who own these things of the world. It doesn't say those that have these things of the world. It says those that use the things of the world. Because in reality, the ultimate reality, is that everything is God's, everything is God's, and when people talk about um, when t- people talk about tithes and say, well, you know, I, I don't know about you know giving God, you're not giving God, you're just keeping ninety percent of what He gave you, because God's given you everything, everything we have here is God's, so we are using, it's just like, and I know Pastor said this, but I've said it before, I've threatened Andrew. When he slammed the door, it's like, dude, I'm going to take that door off its hinges. Because that's not your door to slam. You did not pay for the door. You did not pay for the house. That's my door. And, Elliot, you do know that that shirt you're wearing is not your shirt, right? That's your dad's shirt. And it's his shorts. And it's his flip-flops. Because you don't go out and pay for that stuff. But here's the real thing. We don't go out. We don't go out. It's not my boat. I didn't pay for that. I didn't buy my house. I didn't buy my cars. I mean, I am, I'm using them in this process that God has allowed me to do through the things that God has given me. And that's what we have to get into. And that's what we have to understand. Because we need to understand that every good thing we have comes from God. Everything we have comes from God. And then it goes on to say, um, for this world as we know it will soon pass away. And I really do think that's hilarious because we get, um, you know, and and my family is mixed between, I, I don't know the proper word, I'll just call them tree huggers. That's what I used to use. But environmentalists, environmentalist, um, environmentalist, you know, they talk about global warming. And yet this year, I can tell you because I work outside, I'm in the fence business. And I, I can tell you that this year has been cooler than years past. It just is. Because the last two years in March, we were already hitting high 80s and it never slowed down. And it just kept going. And we're in May, and we just hit the 90s this past week. This has been a cooler spring than what we've had in the last couple years, right? Um, so I, I don't know. There can be global warming, um, emissions. Um, yeah, I, I read once where John, um, who was it? Um, who's, who's the other beetle? Um, wings, huh? Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney, he's a big environmentalist, and um, instead of waiting for his Rolls-Royce to come three weeks on the ocean, he flew it across, and it, the plane that he flew it on emitted more fluorocarbons or whatever they are they measure in the air than what his car was going to produce in like the next 30 years. I mean, it's like nobody has any sense. Have you seen the, um, you know, they talk about the electric cars. Have you seen the lithium mines? There's two that can be seen from space. And they just, like, dig a big circle, and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. It's just like this going down in the ground. That ground can never be used. They, they were like, okay, so let's just say it was this deep to put it in, into a model. About the size of my pinky nail is what the size of the truck was in the picture going down into that mine. That earth can't ever be used again in electricity's name because we got to have clean energy. You're ruining the earth, right? There's nothing we're going to come and find. There's things that God has given to us that we can use, but the bottom line is the Bible says that the earth is going to fade away like, a, like an old cloth, right? An old coat It's going to be eaten by moths. The earth's going away. And there's a reason that the earth's going away. It's because God's making it go away because he's got a plan. And his plan is for not this earth not to stay for the next 10, 15 years. According to some, three hundred million years. Ain't no three hundred million years, but that's not what God has in plan for this earth. He has this earth and it will soon pass away. There will be a new earth, and we will have a new kingdom, and it will be our home. Um we're Nancy and I were flipping through well which we changed our cable, we got rid of cable, because it was costing us $118 a year, and we got a channel called Friendly, you pay for it, it's 15 channels for 5 bucks and, um, and, and it gives you like the Hallmark and the Up TV and Lifetime, and that's it, and it's live, I mean, I recommend it, it's a really good station, it has two outdoor um, channels on it, and it's got a fishing channel, so it's got a little bit of something for everybody, but... um Unless you want horror, it doesn't have any horror. It's got old westerns. You can watch Gunsmoke, Rifleman, and that, you know, Virginia and that sort of thing. But um, it doesn't have any horror, doesn't have any bad movies, doesn't have any bad language, or anything like that. I, I'd recommend it if you want to get out of paying a huge, um, a huge bill every month. But um, one of the things that we came across was Quantum Leap. Any you guys remember the movie, the show Quantum Leap with Scott Bakula, right? So I read something once that Quantum Leap is the ultimate sci-fi show for time travel because everyone you've got whether it's back to the future whether it's stargate whether it's you know star trek has time any of them that have time travel what can't you do when you go back don't run into your other self right you got this you got that. dude quantum leap they had it he jumped time but then he just showed up in somebody else's body so it was never him he never had to run into him But here's the thing. When he was there in in this particular body, the whole premise of this show was that was not his world, but he was trying to make it right. And that's what, when we know that the earth is going to pass away, we know this is not our world. We know this is not our home, but what we want to do, we want to do the things that God would have us to do, and one of the things, we want to try and make things right. Whether we're with a... Christian or a non-Christian, we still want to make it right. Now, the Bible says that they should know us, non-Christians should know us by our love for one another, right? And that's good. But it also tells us to love our enemies, to pray for our enemies. And if our enemy needs help, to help our enemy. So... When things are going bad and we got these people that are just whack and against us, we should be praying for them. And I'll use, um, so this past week was a really hard week for me, right? And this is a praying for your enemy story. This was a really hard week for me. I had commercial jobs in Orlando and Gainesville. And I told these guys in food and clothing, on Thursday night, When I finished four days of work, I had driven 977 miles. I had spent 22 hours and 25 minutes in my truck driving, but I also had 28 hours of physical work in that time, and on Wednesday, I only did one hour. That means the other three days, I had... Nine hours, well, here's you go. I woke up five, I left, didn't wake up, woke up at 3.30. I left, here's a schedule for you guys. I left at five o'clock Monday morning. I got to Orlando, I was on job site by eight o'clock. I have a picture in my truck that shows the temperature at 106 degrees because we were working on asphalt and concrete. I was on the job site till 8.30 that night after being up at 3.30 that morning. I went and got a hotel, checked in, Went got something to eat, went to bed at 10.30. I was on the job site at 8 a.m. the next morning and worked until 8.30 that night. Never left the job site. Never went and got a lunch. Just drank a bunch of Gatorade, bunch of water. That's all I had all day, working on that asphalt and concrete job site. And then at 8.30 at night, I drove home, which got me here at 11.30 at night. Next day, my wife, since I hadn't seen her at all, she was... Um, happy enough to ride around in the truck with me while I drove to St. Augustine and a couple other places, picked up some inventory for the job the following day. And then on Thursday, I left at 5 o'clock, drove to Orlando, got on the job site, finished there at 4.30 to drive two hours to Gainesville to get to that job site at 6.30 in the evening time, worked two more hours till 8.30, and then two more hours home at 10.30. All right? So, and... And these people at at commercial sites, they're crazy. I I was doing a dog park, and this is what really bothered me. Out of all of that, I don't mind putting that work in, but out of all of that, we had a dog park, and there was some lady there and wearing skinny jeans and cowboy boots and had a Summit, which is the company that runs the construction site, had a Summit construction vest on in her hard hat. And I'm like, whatever. But I'm working in the dog park. I have a Darmada fence fence shirt on. I can see her wheels spinning. I'm not a stupid person. She's looking at the gate. Ma'am, anything I can help you with? Adjust that, raise low it, do something. Is there something I can do? I'm not looking at that. Okay, I walked away, right? Guess what happened at 6.30 the next morning on the day I wasn't in Orlando? 6.30 in the morning, get a phone call. Hey, ADA inspection in four hours. We need you to come change that gate and flip which side it swings on. That's a six-minute change for me, and I had my tools right there right then, right? Don't you think that lady was my enemy about that time? Don't you think I was having to call on the Holy Spirit just a little bit at that time? Because I wasn't thinking nice thoughts of that skinny jean wearing. I'm trying to be nice. I'm just trying to keep non-perverse words out of my mouth when I describe her right now. Dude. It, it was the Holy Spirit that kept me. <laughs> but I, I called the supervisor. I'm like, bro, I ain't driving, down. You're just gonna ha- I, I can explain to you. It's very simple. I can explain to you. But it's like, you know, this is the things that I'm, I'm going through. But the reason I brought that up is because I was willing. Think about this. this is, I was willing to do that driving, install the fence the way they wanted it done, to And the dog fence, by the way, was a one-day job. I've been there six different times to Orlando because they keep ripping it up because they keep wanting to change their concrete. Just waste of money. Um, and, and I have to say this. I'm really, let God take his revenge and don't gloat, so I'm really trying not to go, well, they get what they deserve. I'm trying not to say that. But the very first building they put up out of the eight, this, this complex is a 100, think about this. Oh, by the way, that woman that was snotty to me, she's the new owner. This woman's stroking a check for $160 million to buy this apartment complex, right? So I get Monday morning, I get there, and building one, which is almost complete, plumbing's done, electrical's done, they're working on stuff inside. It's all chained up with chains that are about as big around as my thumb, big old loops on it. It sank. Five inches in the last five days and so i can either go well lordy lordy look at that look look what god did for me no i can't do that even though i want to even though it starts to come out i can't do that i need to pray for my enemies and i need to um i need to change and i need to be what god wants me to be right so we want to try and make things right. In Hebrews 9, 11, it says, So Christ has now become the high priest over all the good things which have come. He has entered that greater, more, that greater, more perfect tabernacle in heaven, which was not made by human hands and is not part of this created world. And I saw this verse, and I just wanted to insert this, and just, just make the comment. He's in a greater place. He's a more perfect tabernacle. We've got a kingdom that we're going to. We don't know what the buildings are going to look like. We don't know what our our place. We don't know how we're going to exist exactly in the kingdom because we are not there yet. But God has made, if, if there's something more than perfect, he has made a more perfect. If anyone can do it, it's going to be God. He made a more perfect tabernacle in heaven. And it was not made by human hands. And it is not part of this created world. In Revelation 17, 8, I just want to bring this up to you to show because I've been talking about how we have, how we are not of this world and we are not of this world. And when I say we, I'm talking about Christians. Revelation 17, 8, it says, The beast you saw was once alive but isn't now. And yet he will soon come out of the bottomless pit go to eternal destruction. And to the people who belong to this world, to the people who belong to this world. So there is, when we keep talking about we're not of this world, we're not of this world, we're not of this world, there is a reference to there are people that are of this world. Although God, although Jesus came to save all sinners, not all of them have accepted that. And whether it is predestination or free will, whichever side of the fence you fall on, it doesn't matter because some of these people, whether they chose not to be saved or they're just not saved, they belong to this world. And those names are not written in the book of life before the world was made. They were not written in the book of life. And then I want to make one more point and I'm done. And that is going back to the last verse of our opening verse, John 17, 20. you got to remember, this is the Lord's actual prayer to His Father for us. Now, in that prayer, He was specifically talking about the disciples. But everything that I have talked about is summed up right here that says, I am praying not only for these disciples... Which is the whole thing has been referenced to. I'm not praying for only, not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through the message. And that puts us in the kingdom of God. So, my final question to you today is are you of this world or are you just passing through? If you're of this world, there's an easy change to that. You just search for God with your whole heart. And I man, that's there's two verses that really put the heebie jeebies in me. And that is when he knocked and God said, I never knew you Christ said, I never knew you. Right? Because it it's talking to not only everyone, but to everyone to music ministers, to evangelists, to pastors, to teachers. I mean, he's talking to everyone. If you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, then you're of this world. And there's, the second verse is that you have to search for him with your whole heart. And if you search with him, search for him with your whole heart, and you have a personal relationship with him, then there's things that are going to appear in your life that are going to confirm. Works do not get you in. The good things that do not that you do do not get you in. Me working out here does not get me in. Me being up here does not get me in. None of the things that we do for God get us in. It, we don't do them so that we can get in. We do them to please Him and to glorify Him. That's why we're doing it. We do what we do to please Him and to glorify Him. Every single Saturday when we have that prayer in the morning, I, we, we tell God, thank you for letting us serve you. You're a great God. You're an awesome God. You've created the world. You've done everything. Everything you've done has been for me. You've given me good. You've given me a pathway out of death. You've paid for my sins. You've paid for everything that I've done. Right? So, can we not thank him for allowing us to serve? He's cleaned us up so we can serve. We're not doing works. We're not doing things so that we can get in. So, here's the thing. If you're saved, if you think you're saved, and you don't have these desires to please God, then question yourself. Paul says to question your salvation. Test yourself. See where you're at. And if you're not saved, then you need to search for God with your whole heart. But if you are saved, and that's what this message was here today for, is for those that are saved, is understand. Understand that we are passing through this world. There, and, and it's not all, we're only, the only thing we're safe from is from the evil one. Everything else can touch us. Bad thoughts can touch us. Bad things can happen. Accidents can happen. Shootings can happen. Rapes can happen. Bad things can happen to your children. They can happen to your mom, your brother, your spouse, your sister. Bad things are going to happen in this earth. But understand that it's only because we're passing through. And that when we die on this side, we're going to open up our eyes in heaven on the other side. Because we have a home. Please, this is not our home. Let's don't treat it like that. Let's treat it like it's a visitor's house. It's a visitor's place. And that we're given respect of what we're given here. Treat it with respect. Make it better. Do the quantum leap. Jump in and try and make things right. Do what God asks us to do. Lay up treasures in heaven. That's what we're doing when we do the works. Is we're just doing things that are pleasing to God. So ask yourself again. Is this your world? Is everything in this world what you're about? Is all your jobs, your money, your spouse, your family, your desires, your wants, are all those things focused about what you can accomplish because of this world? Or are you doing those things so that when you get to the next world, that you will have treasures laid up that you can give to Jesus? Let's pray. Dear Lord, I do thank you for this day. I, I do thank you for allowing me to stand up here even though I am not worthy. I thank you for allowing me to serve and everyone that serves you. I thank you for them. thank you for my brothers and my sisters, Lord. I thank you for the fact that we are one family in here. And... We have to understand that we're not just a bunch of families coming together to hear something that's thrown out every Sunday sitting in air conditioning. That this is our family. These are the people that are here that are going to be with us in heaven. Lord, you asked once, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? And you said, it's, it's those that love me and those that believe in me. Lord God, I would pray that everyone in here believes in you and those that don't, that you would tug on their heart that you would reach down that you would save those that are lost Lord, and continue to grow this family continue to bless this church we're coming up on 20 years and i i thank you for that i thank you for the opportunity to have been here for a majority of those years and i thank you for each and every new person that walks through the door that will come and to hear your word and to hear truth and lord god again as always My huge desire is that, as your word was put out today, that it might reach somebody and that at least one person may be saved. Lord, we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the ALCF Sound Doctrine Podcast.